What is up, guys? Thanks for tuning in to episode three of Hole. Um, if you hear some scratching noises on this episode, it's definitely your earphones and not the sound quality of this podcast. Just kidding. Um, still learning how to uh, produce and be the best producer possible, and unfortunately, still make some mistakes. So you will hear some scratching noises on this episode, but uh, thanks to all our listeners out there who stick with us. Hopefully, the content is good, and hopefully, we're uh, educating people about PTSD and helping first responders as well. Uh, on today's show, you will not hear Dr. Jana Price Sharps. She is out of town for a few weeks, but you will hear from Felicia. She is a very knowledgeable person because she is one of Dr. Price Sharps' interns. But on top of that, she also grew up the daughter of a police officer. So she has a lot of knowledge on the subject, and hopefully, you enjoy. This is Hole with your co host and producer, Chandler Marquez. All right, we're up and running, and sitting across from here is Felicia Jensen. Felicia, welcome. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you. Well, uh, let's give everyone a little bit of introduction as to why you're here. Um, let's start off with, what's your connection to uh, law enforcement? I grew up in law enforcement, so my dad has always, well, he was started in corrections, went into law enforcement, police officer. He is now chief of police. And my mom started out as a dispatcher, and she is now supervisor of dispatch. Okay, awesome. And you're from the Central Valley, correct? Yes. Awesome, awesome. Okay, and so what is it that you do now? I am an intern therapist. So I work in the jail, and I provide basically psychoeducation for groups. I see individuals there, and then I see some first responders, family of first responders here at Siri. Okay. And how'd you, what's the path that led you to doing that? <laughs> that would be my dad pushing Jana's number at me for over a year. And I kept saying never would go near law enforcement. And then I met Jana. Why would you never go near law enforcement? You know, being that your dad's a cop. Because you, you grow up in that environment and you see the different things they go through and what they see and just the whole experience and the moods you deal with it as a kid growing up and then you're like forget that it doesn't look you know it doesn't look like a great world right well I want to dive into that a little bit more later but uh what was that turning point that made you decide to uh you know uh become a psychologist or on your way to psychologist uh I think I think the biggest thing was the more I got to know Jana and what she does, I was like, wow, that's cool because there really is a, a niche there. Um, and I've heard my dad talk about mental health, which he never did before. So I was like, weird. He's all of a sudden like interested in psychology and maybe it's just something we never talked about. But I think part of it was I coming to the realization, yeah, I do have the personality of that culture it did come with me that's what I grew up with and it's easy for me to understand and to talk to law enforcement or kids that are going through the same situation I speak the same way which can be bad at times but I mean I, I think the average person wouldn't like how I talk right but they probably identify with that exactly and, yeah. so I can say things and they don't they don't get offended Right. I, I curse and they, their eyes don't get huge. So I, I feel like I, I can blend with the community enough to actually help them. Okay. That makes sense. 
Um, so let's see. Let's go back to, you know, growing up um, with your dad. What was that like? What kind of things did you experience? Did he – I'm assuming he went through PTSD, correct? Yes. Okay. And so um, if you can kind of go into that, what what some of the events that you saw him go through? Uh, it, you know, it would really depend on the day. Some days he'd come home and he'd be talking and happy and fine. Other days he'd come home and he'd be straight to the bedroom and shut the door and don't talk to me. Or he would make sure that he comes home and everybody else go to your room, shut the door and don't talk. And I'm going to do the same. So let's let's all be miserable together because I had a bad day. Hmm. Interesting. I was the annoying kid, and I'm sure he would tell you the same thing. I was the annoying one that would always knock on his bedroom door over and over and over and over. Like, hey, can I come in? Can I come in? Can I come in? He'd keep saying no. Eventually, he gave in. And sometimes I would just, like, sit next to him and just sit there because he wasn't doing anything either. But I was that one that always wanted to know what was going on. Hmm. And why, like, why do you think that was because you were worried about him or just because you were a curious little kid? I, I think I think both a little bit of curiosity, a little bit of like I like why is he so upset? Like what did he do today? What did he see today? You know, what's what's going on or and part of it was like oh, I can see that he's upset and I want him to be happy and I don't I didn't really know how to do that, so sometimes that was just sitting with him. You know, and a lot of times eventually he'd give in hmm. and he'd talk to me. Or he'd say he had a bad day, and then we'd talk about something else, and we'd end up laughing, but I was always curious hmm. and annoying and persistent. <laughs> <laughs> so did Still he am, <laughs> for the record. <laughs> did he ever uh, share anything with you that was shocking, or did you ever um, you know, realize that he went through something that was shocking to you? I did, but he wouldn't directly tell me anything. Hmm. That was from getting a good at eavesdropping next to the bedroom door while my parents talked. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, okay. I would listen in, or the vents. The vents were pretty good in our house for that. So I would listen in to different things they would talk about. And, you know, when I was younger, they worked at the same department. So a lot of times they would talk about, you know, a certain call or something, and I'd, I'd listen to it, and I was just like, you know, holy crap, that sucks. Hmm. Now, what was your mom's capacity at the department? My mom was a dispatcher at the time. Okay, okay. That's pretty common, I feel like, with within fire and you mm-hmm. know EMT and police. Like, yeah, you see those relationships there. Okay, cool. Well, uh, like I said, glad to have you on the show because not only are you the child of a first responder, but you have so much professional experience. Um, having that experience, do you ever look back and think like, "Whoa, growing up, that was a normal behavior that or uh, that I did." You know, it was something that I saw because of my dad or I did because of my dad was law enforcement. Do you ever have that realization? Yeah, with, man, I've, I mean, I feel like it shaped me, like, in entirely. Like, it really defined who I am now, hmm. honestly. You know, bad behavior is end good. <laughs> My mouth might be a bad one. Um, I also like to know all information, like, you can't just tell me something in a little bit. I have to have every detail. And another thing that might drive people crazy is I, I want things to the point. Like, if you're telling me a story, don't drag it out. I need to know. Like, just tell me what it is. Get to the point and, and be done. Like, I don't want to have a full conversation. I need to know right now. Yeah. 
but that was always my dad too. Right. It wasn't like, come home and tell me about your day. Was it good? What specific, were, were there points in the day you needed to tell me about? And that's, it wasn't, it's not a normal sit down and like, oh, it was so good. And my teacher this, or I, I don't even know how to talk like that. Honest, uh, obviously I'm giving <laughs> a very bad example, right. but it, it was always get to the point And that's, that's still how I am. I catch myself daily. Um, like I'll, I'll write points in my uh, notes on my phone, like things I need to tell my parents or things I need to tell somebody, you know, and it's like, I'm, that's, I'm kind of structured that way too. I'm very to the point. I need to get those three points out before I can relax or say anything else, you know? Yeah. Okay. That, that and saying the points though, and not like, I guess, sugarcoating them for people. Right. That's, that's something I, I have to learn. I've learned to do and I'm trying to get better at with certain people that I know, okay, they don't, if I say it this way, it sounds very offensive or they might just take it the wrong way. So to this person, I can't just say, Hey, what you just said was, was shitty. Don't say it again. Cause then, then they get their feelings hurt. But how I grew up, that's, you know, that's how my dad always talked. So it's normal for me. That doesn't hurt my feelings. I might have to say it nicely to somebody else. Do you, do you do the same? Are you a nicer person than me? <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a good question. I think I catch myself uh, kind of being direct and straight to the point sometimes, but that's something I'm, I'm kind of working on. One thing I can say that I really have picked up because I think my dad was in law enforcement was that I'm very cautious. I'm very aware of my surroundings. So an example of that would be uh, my girlfriend's house. She, here she lives with her parents, and uh, her dad's house is very, very dark outside. She lives out in Old Fig. So, like, you know, when we're walking out, she wants to talk about something or whatever. And I'm like, hey, I got to, you know, say goodbye. Like, I got to get to my car. And it's dark. And I don't know. Like, I can't <laughs> see what's around me, you know? Yeah, you ever yeah. have that type of, like, same cautious? Like, you, it's almost like, you know, you shouldn't, you don't need to be that cautious, but it's just part of who you are. Oh, yeah. Like, the door behind me right now. Yeah. That, that bugs me. When I go and sit and have a coffee with my dad, I always give up that seat that faces the door because I know he needs it and like I trust him so it's okay but my back being towards the door that's a thing but that was always if we went out to eat he had to have whatever seat was facing the door or was the quickest the quickest way to exit his seat too he wasn't going to sit in the middle of the booth like in between us it had to be on the edge and facing the door and now now it's a habit and I don't even think it's out of fear it's just like I want to see the door. If somebody has baggy clothes, I just watch their hands. Right. Same. Honestly, it, same. W even now when I'm with my dad, if we're somewhere and somebody walks in with baggy clothes and we're having a cup of coffee, that's our thing, by the way, he'll watch. And our conversation slowly comes to a halt because we're both just like zoning in. <laughs> like, what is he doing? Yeah. He Why looks like a different character. Yeah. Why are his hands shuffling? <laughs> That's one thing, too, I get. I think a lot of people don't get who aren't part of the law enforcement community in some capacity is that um, you start to profile a little bit. And profiling is not a bad thing. You know, I don't profile based off of skin color or anything like that. But the way a person's dressed, the way a person carry them, carries themselves, that's something I profile off. And that's something I kind of have to get used to in front of my friends. Like, hey, why are you freaking out about that guy? Like, uh, I am freaking out because he's not he's kind of handling himself in a certain way. And they just don't yeah. get it, you know. I think that's something about it to overcome, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's it's just, and like I said, it's just, it's habit. It's not even like a fear thing. It's, it's what you do. And I don't think, at least for me, I don't think my dad ever meant to teach me. He wasn't ever like, do these things. 
or I'm doing I'm doing this because of this you look too you know it was yeah. just like you catch that they're like all of a sudden you're not in my conversation I was just talking to you so I, I have this thing with my dad now I've I'm working on him <laughs> <laughs> I, but I have this thing and I always remind him body language body language mm-hmm. a lot of people know him too so we'll be out having coffee and they come they're like oh chief and I'm like no 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 this is my time <laughs> right yeah so I I always I just say body language before I had to explain to him you know your body language is always open your chair is turned out you're inviting people to talk to you and this is my time so turn your chair in head down <laughs> <laughs> is it hard have you have you seen that it's hard obviously I kind of already know the answer but is it hard for your dad to kind of turn off cop mode at oh yeah. yeah 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 I have to remind him constantly Sometimes I just get mean, so he's like, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> and he'll look forward for like uh, maybe 30 seconds. Your dad's nicer than mine. My dad always gives me a little bit of pushback right before. You know, I'll, tell him, I'll bring something to his attention. He gives me just a little bit of pushback. And then he'll come back and, you know, apologize and whatnot. But it's oh, funny. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's funny. Um, okay. Wow. So a lot of similarities. It's funny you mentioned, you know, you're back to the door because that's, I think, across the board, any cop. You know, they all have that kind of um, problem for lack of a better term, that they all have to have their backs towards the door. My uh, my cousin, who's a DEA, or a retired DEA agent now, he, uh, one, one time we were in church, just me and him, and uh, he was like, you know, pick somewhere to sit. I, I so just randomly, I kind of picked the aisle seat next to the door, and he leans over and he goes, good spot. We can get out if we need to really quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, I, I, good point, but, you know, yeah, it's funny good, that's the first thinking. thing that you uh, thought of when we sat down, you know. What about driving? Do you like other people driving you? No, I hate it. Me too. I hate it. It's I the ha- worst. I didn't even know that was a cop thing. I thought that was just a me thing. Nope. Yeah. Whenever I uh, go on road trips with my friends and they can attest to this, I always, you know, end up paying for gas or whatever I need to do because I always have to drive. Um, it's funny now, even that I'm older on road trips, I like fight with my dad or uh, sometimes my sister wants to drive. We, we fight over who wants to drive because I just like, I feel like I have to have control of yeah. driving, yeah. you know? I'll, I'll let my dad drive nobody else really i'm really working on my husband like he gives me a hard time yeah and he's never been in an accident i'll give him that you know he's probably a safer driver than me he goes the speed limit but i still like sometimes especially if there's traffic too many cars around and i want to get through things faster i feel like he's not being aggressive enough (laughs) i'm like i will tell him to he's like all right i need to pull over huh i'm like yeah this isn't gonna go good like i need to i need to drive but I try. Yeah, that's funny. I did, I did not know those two things correlated. But it, you know, thinking about it now, my sister doesn't let her husband drive either. She's always driving. That's that's funny. That's funny. Huh. Yeah. Well, what else? What <laughs> else do you uh, feel like you do because your dad was a police officer? Ah, uh, man. I don't. I don't know. I'm trying to think of like specific. Do you have any uh, good stories? Like, you know, I think I was talking to one of uh, Dr. Price Sharp's class. Me and my parents, actually, the three of us went to go talk to a class. We were talking about normalized behaviors, and so I was trying to give them some examples. And I was saying, okay, so here, here's one kind of funny story looking back on it now. Is I was about seven or eight years old. <clears throat> Excuse me. Me and my dad are driving in this uh, kind of, I would assume, homeless or maybe just, you know, cracked out person's walking down the street. And... um this guy just picks up this boulder and throws it to this van, this lady's van, as she's driving by. So obviously she stops, and he just takes off. So then me and my dad are driving by at the same time, so he stops, flips a U-turn, and we go chase this guy. 
Of course. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm thinking, okay. And mind you, I'm seven or eight years old at this time, and uh, I'm thinking, okay, all right. So we're starting to catch up to this guy at this canal, and my dad's starting to slow down and get out of the car, and I'm like, okay, you know, most likely he's going to handle this like a professional and get control of the situation until, you know, on-duty officers come. But if for some reason that this guy gets the upper hand on my dad, I mean, either I have to run him over with his car or get out <laughs> and try to do something myself, right? A seven- or eight-year-old thinking that, you know, that's not – really it's not a normal thing right, right. but um because i kind of had that kind of just a learned instinct or learned you know habit or behavior that's what caused me to think like that you know and i think that's kind of something that's you can only look back i can only look back on now and be like oh that wasn't normal or wait that wasn't normal so i find myself doing that a lot more lately oh yeah, yeah. i man there's there's so much there was um there was one time my dad got in a fight with somebody right outside the school and it was before the buses were taking off like it goes so the they pick up the kids at i can't remember what school that was they pick up the kids at one school though and you go out to the school out in the country and anyways everyone's there and this guy is just there's some guy that's just off his rocker of course so they're like rolling down like they're rolling around in the gutter and they're fighting and taking oh so they're swings. physically fighting you oh, got yeah. in this guy okay yeah and um like a teacher i remember a teacher coming and trying to hit the guy with an umbrella to help my dad out because they were just going at it and i i want to say i was on the bus i don't i don't remember everything about it like i i remember the whole fight happening and i remember us talking about it and you know i also i keep watching these things on false memories so i question my memories now (laughs) i'm going through that right now i think i was on the bus though but I remember all the kids talking about it, too, of course. I mean, we, and we live in a tiny town, so of course right. everyone's going to talk about it. And when everyone's talking about it, they're all, like, hyped up. And, oh, my God, did you see the fight? And they were throwing fists and blah, 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 whatever. They're all hyped up, and everyone's excited. And I'm the only person that's upset. Right. Because I'm like, yeah, it's cool they're fighting, but that's also my dad. And he ended up with stitches and not cool. Right. My dad was in a shooting um, back in, I believe, 2010. I always forget the year. Um, but I remember afterwards, my friends being like, oh, that was so badass. Your dad was in a shooting. Like, he was in that big shooting, and that's cool that he, he lived and all this stuff. And I was like, he's same thought. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was pretty cool, but that's also my dad. Like, you know, there was like a couple hour span where I thought I was going to lose, you know, my yeah. father. Like, that's, and it's kind of hard, you know, if you don't have a father or mother in law enforcement to realize that kind of reality of, of the action well yeah and like cool in a damn video game right where you get to come back to life yeah in in real life no not not cool right but i also feel like i have an advantage on some people because i kind of feel like i have that like i've experienced that like okay i almost lost my dad or i've seen my dad get into that and i have that fear yeah you know i've i've gone through things at a young age that i don't think a lot of people my age have gone through up to this point yeah we have um so we the people I work with are so great. <laughs> um, actually, I think Dr. J, I, sorry, I'm going to try to call her Jana. I call her Dr. J a lot. Um, I th- And I, I think she started this. They started calling me Wednesday, you know, Wednesday Adams. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, have, I have some odd thoughts and I smile at some odd things. I do and I make odd comments. But I think part of that is from that being around that cop humor all the time and you hear about 
you hear about bad stuff all the time and you kind of build up this exterior and you're like yeah yeah that happened it, yeah it is what it is you're kind of used to it right yeah and then other kids tell you about how strict their parents are and you laughed you laugh hysterically because <laughs> you're like that is nothing your parents don't even watch you like the things you could get away with you know, yeah. meanwhile my parents track me 24 7 and i, I my, uh, there was like a squad car that followed me home every day after school. Really? Even when I walked really? slowly and talked to me over the loudspeaker. Huh. And then other kids are like, I have to be home at 4. School ends at 3.15. If I am not home by 3.30, it's going down. <laughs> my uh, sister, when she was in high school, she always tells a story about when my dad picked her up from, uh, picked her up from school. She wasn't driving yet. And uh, same thing. She was like you know, two minutes late past the time they needed to meet up with a friend of the school. And so he uh, it was all geared up and everything because he was coming from work, and he got off the car and went to go find her on campus. You know, she was so embarrassed. But it's kind of funny you said that. You know, like, you know, it's, I think it's – I also think there's also a lot of differences between um, being a son of a cop and being a daughter of a cop, especially when it's a father. You know, your your father's a cop not, as opposed to maybe your mother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. He was, he was on it, and he always reminded me, too, I have eyes everywhere. Yeah. I'm like, I know. He was a campus resource officer at a time. And then, you know, the guy that did become the campus resource officer after him was, of course, close to him. <laughs> so just eyes everywhere. Oh, you were late to a class today? Like, did you talk to my teacher? Nope, I have eyes everywhere. <laughs> like, great. And I, when I first got my license, I got pulled over all the time. That was random. Yeah, that was random. I think it's her clock. <laughs> <laughs> For the uh, listeners, uh, something just went off in the studio, and we don't know what it is, but we <laughs> think it's a co- clock, and it just stopped. So we're good. <laughs> so sorry for that interruption, but uh, we're back. Okay, so we were talking about uh, your dad having eyes everywhere, and I can I can uh, agree with that. I'll give you two instances. One was uh, when I got pulled over for the first time. And for a, a real reason? No, uh, for dry. Yeah, for a real reason. Oh, okay, I was speeding. Okay. I was speeding. Oh, okay. <laughs> but um, it did help me. Uh, the guy knew my dad, and he was able to, uh, you know, give me a warning. But it was kind of like, okay, kinda, you know, one of those, like, he always has his eyes on you type of thing. One time in high school, I was out uh, past my curfew, probably doing something I shouldn't have been doing. And um, a group of kids are running out of a house, and we Uh-oh. thought we were going to get away. And this cop flashes light, and he goes, hey, stop. And I was like, no way he's talking to me. You know, I'm just going to keep walking. There's hundreds of kids. He goes, no, Chandler Marquez, stop right there. I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> he goes, you don't know me, but I know you, and I know your dad. What are you doing out? And I was like, oh, I'm going home. Just straight home, I promise. He goes, you have a you know, sober driver and everything? I go, yes, I do. All right, we'll get home. And, you know, hopefully yeah, your yeah. dad doesn't hear about this. And I was like, all right. So, yeah. Did I can he hear about it? That. No, I actually <laughs> had to tell him. <laughs> oh, it's, it's surprising. It's one of those things where you fear that they're going to hear about it from someone else. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you, it's just probably better. you got to cut your losses and, and let yeah, them know. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, so. Well, one time I got pulled over and he called my dad right away. Oh, really? Yeah. I would have rather have had the ticket. Really? Oh, yeah. I was like, just, <laughs> I have a job. Just write me a ticket. <laughs> just write me a ticket. It'll all be good. Nobody has to know. But he called my dad and, you know, I was walking for a while. Hmm. Hmm. I would have rather have taken the ticket, definitely. I, I can imagine that was tough, yeah. Yeah, he that was, conversation. He was ticked. <laughs> yeah, you know when you get home and your dad's face is as red as an apple? 
it's yeah. not going to be good. Especially, I'd, I'd assume maybe he's coming from work or something, too, so that doesn't help. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, because first you have to listen to how it's embarrassing because, you know, one of his co-workers had to pull me over, and they're going to talk about this at the police department, and it's going to be a joke now, and, you know, how embarrassing. So you get that first. Right. And then you get in trouble for what you actually did. Hmm. But it's first, like, you know... A 20-minute spill of how disappointing. Right. Yeah, disappointing. That word you don't want to hear. Yes, yeah. the worst word. And then my dad was, like, always overkill, by the way. He'd be like, you're grounded for three months to your room. <laughs> it never lasted three months. <laughs> Just for the record, he's he's a softie once he calms down, you know, even back then. I mean, he's so much better now with his temper and dealing with stuff. But even back then when his temper was pretty rough. Right. It, I mean... If you said, if you said, daddy, and like kind of bat your eyelashes, <laughs> um, eventually he's going to break, you know, maybe you'll be grounded for a week, but yeah, but it really seriously. And he, and he worked as a CEO. It really was like, he'd try to do this, like jail status, like open your bedroom door and hand you your food. <laughs> no joke. That's intense. That's yeah. intense. Yeah. That was, that was his style for the longest time. Okay, so you being you being a professional, you being someone who's very knowledgeable on the subject of, you know, psychology and PTSD, what advice would you give to maybe um, a kid who's out who's listening on our podcast and, you know, their their dad or mother who's in law enforcement or first responders going through PTSD, like the thick of PTSD and they're coming home from work angry or, you know, they're having a hard time switching that switching that off button when they come home, what advice would you give to that kid? I think and I'm going to say ideally because, you know, maybe this would be tough to do. But ideally, try. I think any kid, any kid of law enforcement, any kid of first responders, you should, you should look up what PTSD is. Look it up. Get a brief, even if it's a quick YouTube video, whatever it is. But a brief understanding just so you, so you know what you're working with in a sense um another thing is always asking questions being that persistent annoying person because sometimes when they're isolating like that and they're going through stuff or they're depressed that you never know if that one day walking you know knocking on your dad's bedroom door is going to be the day that you saved him from whatever Hmm. so understanding understanding PTSD how it works and always always battling it and I think part of it is I you know and I've heard people say you know you're a kid you shouldn't have to do that the way I look at it is my family is a team you know and when I'm down I know my family's going to be there for me and regardless of what age kids want their parents to be happy too it's working together as a team I saw that my dad was hurting and he was having a hard time, so I consistently approached him. He was, he was part of my team, and I wanted that team to work. It was very important to me. So always asking questions, being aware, and remembering that what they do is hard. You know, who knows what they saw today? Who knows if they had to go see a kid that had committed suicide today? Who knows if they they walked in and an infant had just lost their lost their lives or there was a terrible car accident or whatever it is but the things they have to see in, in on a daily basis is just not normal hmm. and it's 
it's not going to become normal. You know, yet your your body keeps track of all that. Your mind keeps track of all that and understanding that it's it's not normal and it's going to be a consistent fight to deal with that. Um and I guess trying trying to understand their perspective, you know, when they come home and shit's hitting the fan, it's likely not because of you. And that's that's a very hard thing to understand, but taking yourself out of it and seeing you know what's what's really going on i think it takes it takes a lot of work you, you you have to work and you have to try to understand the flip side of things you have to try to understand what their day was be curious ask questions and regardless of how many times they shut you might feel like they're shutting you down i should say they're not shutting you down it's it's forcing them to face something that's difficult or to deal with something that's difficult and it's going to be i guess harder for them to get that from their kid watching them kids say hey, how, how was your day? What's wrong? Like, what can I help you with? Are you in a bad mood? Did I do something wrong? That's going to be hard to hear from a kid too. So I think it all around is like, it's going to be a team effort. Hmm. But I would suggest being, be curious. You know, know about PTSD. Continue to ask questions. Be persistent. Be annoying. Add some sarcasm and humor. Not overboard though. Because then you get in trouble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but a little bit. It's funny. I, I noticed that first responders really, um, you know, in particular cops, really, really, really respond in a positive way to humor. 100% of the time almost. It's oh, like yeah. part of the culture. Yeah. Yeah. I turn everything into a joke with my dad. Hmm. It doesn't matter if it has to do with work, his health, what it, whatever it is. Every Everything is a joke. And I think we drive my mom crazy, <laughs> too, because we kind of have some twisted humor but we don't it's we don't just use it throughout the day for fun we use it to help each other too Hmm. when we notice someone's going through a hard time that's and it's always my gut my go-to with my dad if i want to tell him something i'm i'm gonna make it humorous Hmm. and i'm gonna be sarcastic and a little evil about it Hmm. what do you mean by evil you know i I might say something a little mean or I'll send him like a meme that's like um, it's directly hitting that button that I know he's having an issue (laughs) with, you know, and he's just like, you're a jerk. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, but for real, you need to work on this shit because you have an issue. Yeah. (laughs) uh, Well, I'll get to that in a little bit. When did you realize that, um, you know, your dad was going through PTSD? I'm going to be I'm going to be totally honest. Sure. I never knew what PTSD was, hmm. unfortunately. I don't think I ever really understood that he was going through those different symptoms, honestly. I, d- I didn't know anything about PTSD until, I don't, man, I want to say like five years ago. Hmm. So I, I could tell that something was different with him. I could tell he was having a hard time. His moods were all over the place. Um, but I noticed that pretty young. For some reason, I was just, I was always really close with my dad. We were, and, you know, watching his moods get worse throughout the years or hearing arguments, whatever it was, you know, I, I just, I think I just caught on to that. That and <laughs> eavesdropping, you know, learning like, oh, like that's what happened today. That does sound really bad. You know, and my dad doesn't just put on a uniform and go to work and smile for everybody. There's stuff that he actually does that that sucks. That sucks, and you know, other people aren't are never going to want to do that. Yeah, it's a it's a difficult job. 
I think realizing what the job really was and seeing those moods is where I connected like, huh, okay, something's wrong. And I think this is why. I'm not sure what it is, but I'm just going to keep being annoying. Hmm. Okay. So was there any, uh, was there any instances in particular that you feel you could share with listeners that would help them, that they can maybe either relate to or would help them? Um, I think, I think one of the like biggest things is the control aspect, you know, like, and, and control over, control over everything, not, not just big things or when you got in trouble or what your curfew is, but controller. And I, um, he might laugh when he hears this cause I gave this example before, um, like loading the dishwasher. Oh my God, this guy. Oh, your dad lets you load the dishwasher. Uh, oh, he unloads it and reloads it correctly. Oh, my dad won't even let me touch the dishwasher till this day. It's insane. <laughs> and he's like, and it used to make him so mad, but it's these little things and he wants it done specifically this way. But you know what? I realized he's in a mood and it doesn't matter what way I do. I could record him and do it the exact same way the next day, but he's going to open that dishwasher and be like, what the fuck? <laughs> why does this look like this? Yep. Why don't why don't you know how to do a simple thing like loading the dishwasher? Come yeah. here, let me teach you again while you stand there and watch him do everything <laughs> again. But that was like for everything and just for the record, he still does that. Yeah. No, it never <laughs> he changes. Yeah. He's not as he's before he was he was he was mean about it. So he's not now. He'll kind of like huff and puff and do it and I'll make a joke. You know, I'm like, "Wow, you're really intense about the dishes." He's like, well, you got to do. Do you want to take those dishes to bed with you tonight? What? You're you're very connected to those. <laughs> if you here, take a plate. Nobody will look. You know, but simple thing. You know, adding some humor in like that, and then he stops and he he realizes, oh, yeah, this this really isn't a big deal. Right. And no, right. sometimes you have to get them to understand that it's not a big deal, but you can't say hey, you're blowing this out of proportion. It's not a big deal because then their head flies off right. and weird stuff starts happening. So you so you <laughs> counter it with some jokes then. Oh, yeah, okay. all the time. That's good to know. I'm st- Honestly, that's still a problem that me and my dad are overcoming. Uh, just this past Mother's Day, uh, this last Sunday, um, work, I'm cooking breakfast. Our big thing is he got this new, like, uh, it's like a flat top grill, right? So we're oh, both okay. super excited to use it. Fancy. I'm living with my parents. It's my se- I'm finishing up my senior year of college. And... Um, we're both super excited to use it. I know we are, but he doesn't like me using it. Yeah, I, I'm always using the grill the wrong way. I'm never cleaning it the right way. So the of big course. thing is I was uh, cooking hash browns and eggs. Uh-huh. So, you know, I'm dicing up the eggs and whatnot. I had just a little bit of egg on the tip of the spatula. And then I was going to go over and put it in the potato. And he goes, whoa, what are you doing? Don't mix the two. What do you? No, 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 no. See, this is what I'm talking about. And I was like, okay, no worries. I'll get another spatula. You know, I'll, I'll just finish the eggs and get another spatula for the potatoes. Well, I guess you can just wipe off the spatula. And that's us kind of, I've kind of popped off and I was like, well, yeah, I was going to until he made a big deal about it, you know? And then we got into it. And then it was kind of oh, yeah. cool silence, you know, throughout the whole family. Then I had to See, go back with and apologize. That, with that, I would have been like, you're right. Eggs and potatoes taste like shit together. What are we <laughs> doing? Like, we better, you know what? Let's get on Amazon. They, they have one day, we can get another spatula. <laughs> that's how I approach everything with my yeah, dad. That's good. Honestly, that's good to know. And I'm sure that's going to help our listeners too. Or I'll just 
really pointed out over and over and over and over and over for a few days. I'm like, remember that other day when you got really intense about that dish? That was awkward, wasn't it? <laughs> and then he gets embarrassed and he's like, stop, stop, stop talking about that. And I keep on it. And then the next time he It'll thinks change. twice because I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you good for at least a week. Yeah, that's good. That's awesome. So do you find it, is there a change in your relationship since you're studying, you know, psychology and PTSD? I mean, does it, I mean, does it make it better? Does it change things? Does it change the dynamic at all? Definitely. Definitely. Um, you know, you take, you take all these classes and you're like, oh, I have all this knowledge, but then it becomes about applying it and who's guiding you. And Dr. J has been pivotal like in that for me. Um, she always, she's always checking me, hmm. you know, I'll say something and she's like, really? And you're like, damn it. Cause you know, she's going in for the kill now right. and, she, and she's, she's quick. She catches things and she can, she can say things so slyly and you think you're just having a conversation and then she catches something. Hmm. And then I have to tell her, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not your patient. Stop it. And then she laughs at me, but she has, she has helped me in, I guess, combining what I've learned with my own life. And she always says, you know, to be good at what we do at working with other people, you have to walk the walk. You can't just tell people how to do something and never do it yourself. So she's always making sure that I am doing that. And I, you know, there's, Unfortunately for her, there's not a lot I don't tell her. <laughs> <laughs> Poor lady. Um, but she's helped me put a lot of things in per into perspective. And I think I can word things better now. Or um, like letting stuff just roll off my shoulder. I can do that more easily now. Hmm. Whereas before, you know, I would still approach my dad. I'm very good at approaching him. Or at least I think I am. We'll, we'll see what he says. <laughs> um, but I would wait until he calms down. And I'd tell him, like, that was rude. Yeah. Like you need to think about what you did just did because you were acting like a jerk. Hmm. Whereas now I'm going to say it a little differently or, you know, I found, I found that button. If I just use humor and sarcasm, like I'm in and that's like, that's one of my talents. So, Oh yeah. I, oh, yeah, I could see that. I could see so that you use that to your advantage. Oh yeah. That's, yeah. that's what I roll with now, but learning, learning how to do that and finding a good avenue for it, right? Because not, not everybody's avenue is going to be sarcasm. It's not going to work for everybody. Some kids might completely piss off their parents if they take that route. You know, then some might not be humor, whatever it is, but you have to, once you find that one button, I mean, humor is typically good with law enforcement, right. but finding that avenue. Okay. So next question, what would you say to um – child of a law enforcement officer who is hesitant to see somebody and get help because i know one of my big things and uh you know seeing people and getting help was like i don't want to tell my problems to someone random and then i'm going to open up and like tell them all these deep dark things that it's inside of me and uh -huh. you know it's odd right it's an odd thing so how does one overcome that and and get the help they need or want i i think rather than looking at it as as I'm going to go in and tell all my secrets and that's scary, whatever it is. Um, knowing that when you go in, you're, you're in a safe place. The, nothing's going to be repeated. You know, it's, it's all confidential. Of course, 
outside of the mandated reporter limitations. Right. But er everything is is confidential. And, you know, if I'm seeing a kid, I'm not going to run to their dad or to their mom and be like, hey, this is everything we talked about today. Right. I don't I, – I actually have, have never done that. Hmm. You know, you might bring up something you're concerned about, but you're not telling them, this is everything we talked about today. And, you know, little Billy doesn't like when you say this. He told me today. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's not like that. You have somebody that you can, you can actually confide in and can help you work through it. Because as a kid, no, you don't, you don't know how to communicate in the way that your parents need you to communicate. You, you don't know. I, I, I don't think you're, you're expected to know either. That's not in the textbook anywhere. You're not going to learn at school. You're not going to learn it from your friends. And guess what? They don't know what you're going through. They really don't. Your teachers, they don't know. None of them actually know what you're going through. They have no room to judge you. They have no room to think anything different about you, right? Because right. they have no idea. So going in and knowing that you're going to hang out with somebody. You're going to build a relationship. And, you know, ho hopefully, at least I can say here at Siri, we're not going to prick and prod and say, what's your deepest secret? Tell me about it. Right. You know, we're here to have a relationship with you. And what comes out is what we're going to try to help guide you with and give you some coping skills. You know, the, the funny thing about doing this is you're always trying to work yourself out of your own job. Hmm. You know, what, what tools can I give you for you to go out and be successful on your own? Yeah. And it's, it's just creating that. And it's it's different for everybody. Um, but mainly, like I said, nobody 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 knows what you're going through. And you're, you're not taught about it anywhere, right? Right. For sure. So what's the harm in it? Yeah, what could you lose? You could come. You could come and seek help, get therapy, and learn how to effectively talk to, you know, mom or dad, whoever it is. And actually get something, you know, through their, through their thick heads. Right. For once, you might get something done. Right. You're really just coming here to get some tools. You're not coming here because, oh, you're so damaged. Let me help you deal with your parents. Like, no, come and gain some knowledge. You know, get some psychoeducation. Get some tools. Let me help you. Let me give you some words. Let me give you some wisdom, some tools to use to deal with this. Because you know what? You're not born with it. Yeah, it's almost like I, I think, yeah, just to kind of add on to that, it's almost kind of like talking about things that you're going through and almost like scenarios and then kind of just going back and, okay, how would you deal with that next time or how could you d deal with that better in the future, right? I mean, it's kind of – Yeah, it's a definitely. Lot of Coming in and like, oh, this happened today. All right, let's bounce around some ideas. Right. So if you said this instead of slamming your bedroom door, what, do you, what would happen? You know, yeah. and just creating some more thought process. Hmm. Yeah, I think, uh, I think too – I think we we're we we're kind of talking about it before we went on air. Um, the person I saw, you know, or my or my late teens, I guess, so pivotal in my life, so pivotal, like just seriously, just made a huge impact on my life. I would not know how to communicate with people or uh, how to deal with the relationships or anything without that person. So, you know, what you're doing and what the other people are doing within this program and other programs. I mean, you guys are really, really impacting lives in a positive way, seriously. And uh, you know, thank you for doing doing what you do. Oh well. Thank you, and hopefully, hopefully it continues. And you know, it it'd be great to see more families come forward. And you know, I think I think something that needs to be said too is even if you don't feel like you need help, sometimes it's nice to just have somebody to talk to, hmm. because 
law enforcement kids hear and understand things a lot differently than other kids, right? Or I, I guess we could, you know, military, right? First responders, first responders in yeah. general, yeah. right? But it's it's a different it's a different lifestyle altogether, and there's going to be hardships in that, and that's okay. And just because there's not something wrong, or just because you're not fighting with dad at the moment or mom or whatever it is doesn't mean that you can't just come talk to somebody and and vent get something out or bounce around some ideas whatever it is it's you don't just have to come because you need you need help it might just be some safe place where you're like okay finally i can just talk about this and you're not going to judge me for this or say oh your your dad arrested my cousin how many times did you hear that (laughs) oh my god I, i heard it once really really early on um, really early on, I'd say at first grade, actually, it was, uh, you know, oh. this guy was, uh, doing some arsonist stuff and you know, dad was <laughs> investigating it. And I really didn't even know, but I remember this kid being so, so fucking mean to me <laughs> and we were like fighting and stuff in first grade and I went home and I was just like, I don't even know what I'm, I told my mom, I don't even know what I'm doing to this kid. And it was kind of like, P should we tell him, should we tell him, you know, it's kind of that to explain yeah. to me, you know? So, um, but yeah, yeah. Um, Okay. So to kind of wrap things up, as I was telling you earlier, a handful of people have reached out to me and said that, you know, uh, they're happy that uh, we're doing the show and that they, they're they worried that their kids are going to be messed up when they grow up because they're seeing their parents go through PTSD. Um, what type of advice could you give to that parent? What could you tell them through either what you've seen or through your own personal um, you know, um, sorry, losing my train of thought here a little bit, your own personal th- stuff. What can you tell them to give them hope? Tell them their kid's going to be okay. That it's not, doesn't mean that their kid has to be messed up because they went through PTSD. Uh, Man, I feel like that's a big question. Yeah. I know it is, but Um, you know. Yeah. Needs to be answered. Um, And I've actually had this question a few times, you know. And it's it's a tough one. And I know it, it really sits heavy with the people that are wondering about that. Um, You know. Your kids may learn a lot through the process, and maybe not all of it's going to be great, and there's going to be hard times, but it's important to to speak up. You know, the the more the more you're able to tell your kids about what's going on, not in detail, right? The more they're able to understand. And when you give somebody a reason, you know, something something they can think about, something they can understand, it makes and I should I'm not saying makes what you're doing okay right but it gives that perspective where it's like oh I understand now I it really comes down for me it comes down to talking so if you come home and you had a horrid day you know and you had five back-to-back calls that were just shitty you know coming home going in the door to your room and slamming the bedroom door all that says to those kids is I don't want to talk to you right now. I don't want to see you right now. I had a busy day. Work is more important than you. I need to rest so I can be at work tomorrow. And that's that's tough coming from, you know, I I had a hard time with that. That's tough coming from that side. Whereas, and my dad's great at this now, but coming in and saying, taking a second, I know it might be hard because you had a bad day, but coming in and taking a second to say, you know, I had a really hard day. I had, I had like five calls back to back, you know, and some people lost their lives today. 
and I really just need a minute to collect myself. I need to think because I'm a little upset right now. It's not at you, but my job is hard. So I'm, I'm going to go to my room and I'm going to shut the door, but I, I need 10 minutes. I need 15 minutes. Don't sit in there for over half an hour or an hour, right. you know, to right. try not to isolate, but letting your kids know what's going on and right away and not waiting right away. This isn't you. I had a hard day. I need 15 minutes. I'm, go- I'm going to go sit in my room just so you know, but it's not you because hmm. Because then they have something else to think about than to f- let those thoughts, those negative thoughts fester. You know, what did I do? I didn't I didn't clean something right again. Right. <laughs> it's usually what it is, right? Or they yeah. found out I did something and they're thinking about my punishment. Or, right. or they don't like me today. Whatever it is. But letting them know up front. And, of course, don't don't go into details because they don't, they don't need that. I'm not right. saying, like, I went to this specific call and this person was on the road. and n- None of that. But letting them know is... It was hard. Just a rough day. Yeah. Yeah. Felicia, anything else you'd like to add or anything you think is important to listen for the listeners? I feel like you're putting me on the spot. No, I'm not trying point, to. Right? That, that, yeah, I guess I am <laughs> trying to, actually. But I just want to make sure, you know, you're a person with a lot of knowledge about this uh, subject. And I want to make sure that if there's something to be said, it's said. So if there's anything you feel we missed out or you want to talk about in more depth, now's the time. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> just Just communication. I couldn't harp on that enough communicate communicate when you're feeling down it's okay to let your kids know you're feeling down when you're having a good day it's okay to let them know you're having a good day remember you're human so are your kids and at the same time of you being vulnerable you're teaching them to be vulnerable too and there's strength in that awesome awesome felicia thank you for coming on the show we hope to have you on again soon and uh, hopefully get your dad on here too i'm sure he has some great knowledge and uh, experience i already told him he's coming good (laughs) Good. We're having them on then. So uh, listeners, be on the lookout for that. And uh, that's a wrap. Thank you. Thank you. And that's a wrap for today, guys. Hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, Big shout out to Felicia for coming on and being one of our guests. In the next couple weeks, as the show progresses, you'll hear uh, Josh Campbell, uh, Battalion Chief from Cal Fire, be on the show. You'll hear from Felicia's dad, who's the Police Chief of Chowchilla. Uh, Josh Campbell is going to come on, tell his story, and kind of give you perspective from the fire side of things. Uh, Felicia's dad is going to come on and talk about how agencies are working with their employees to help better combat PTSD and what things agencies can also do better to help people uh, cope and combat with PTSD. Thanks again, guys, and I hope you enjoyed the show. If it ever feels like it's too much or you feel you need additional resources, the Suicide Hotline is one 800 273-8255.